I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for critical thinking. Yes, indeed. It is time for critical thinking. And I know you are super shocked if you are watching on our Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. It is I, Andrew Coppins, and this individual to my uh, right. Um, who, who are you, and how the hell did you get on this program? Uh, uh, because well, this see. is supposed to be a a local recording. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. How'd you get on? Well, see, I got on because uh, well, I am Pat Oni, First of all, um, for, for those that that. Uh, haven't been uh, listening for for more than a month um i am the co-host of critical thinking um, oh that's who you are um you can follow me over on the, all the socials at the pet show by the way which you can um, but see right I, below I, you i uh the, the prodigal son has returned this is <laughs> wow are we really <laughs> going there pat are you really going there are you are you like um our um marionette of a president who uses um god's name in vain every other sentence uh no 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 not not i'm not that have you noticed that lately if you've been i don't know how much of the the news you've been paying attention to for the past what five six weeks uh i mean i i try to unplug as much as possible but uh have i noticed how nutty joe biden has been or has gotten because I mean he was nutty before I left. I think he's probably nuttier now. For God's sake, man! I, 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 he just continues to do. It bothers me to no end here, and, and here's why: because what there's no need to do that. It, it, it is just his senility, his dementia, 
coming out in front of the world. It, it is the only thing that he can think of in the moment to fill that that space, if you will, because he knows he needs to speak, but he doesn't know what he needs to speak about. It, at least that's what it seems like to me. I I, I just. I mean, don't look at me. I didn't vote for him. Yeah, I just have a problem with the president of the United States dropping GDs and and God's sake and as if your moral outrage is greater than anybody else's, as if your use of that language. And, and look, yeah, the president of the United States behind him swore all the time, right? We, we saw him drop F-bonds on the stage, and I'm not talking about um, comparing Trump versus um, Biden when it comes to language and morals and all that stuff, because I think they're both equally immoral in different ways. We're all fallen people. We're all broken people. But there's a difference between not those two. There's a difference between those two and how a president should look and sound. There's no need to do that. It, it, all it's designed to do is browbeat people, and it drives me crazy. But you know what else drives me crazy, Pat? The bootlicking of Ron DeSantis from the right. The absolute bootlicking that has been going on. Now, have you followed um, what has been going on with the Tampa Bay Rays at all? Um, not not really, but I, I know a little bit about it, that, that he is basically... Uh... What shutting down any kind of rebuild, remodel of their stadium? Um, right, he's taking this- away the thirty-five million dollars that the state of Florida was right. going to give Tampa Bay for building a new facility within the state for spring training. Not a new stadium, not new anything else, but a right. brand new um, stadium and facility for spring training. The state was giving them thirty-five million dollars. Now, a couple of things have happened this weekend or this past week with the Tampa Bay Rays that we'll get into here, Um, but I want to start here. First of all, good on you, Ron DeSantis, for stopping the $35 million going to the Tampa Bay Rays. Because as somebody who grew up in the era, right, I grew up in the era of public money having to be spent for um, private enterprise known as sports teams, right? We totally grew up in that era. Both of us did. But as I was researching and studying in sports management in college, the very first, one of the very first courses was about um, stadium building and, and all that sort of stuff. And there were many questions that rose up to the surface about the the payback, the the ROI, if you will, right? The rate of interest, the rate of return on that investment. Because at that point in time, most of these uh, places and most of these cities were wholly funding these sports uh, teams, right? They were literally forking over, you know, half a million dollars back in 2000, right? Or not half a million, half a billion dollars at that point in time to build a stadium. Because if you built it, the team would come and and along with it, all the ancillary um, benefits of more jobs, um, more entertainment around the stadium, yada, 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 right? There was going to be this mutually beneficial relationship. 
that ne- that ne- has not necessarily turned out to be true because what has also been going on then is teams like my Green Bay Packers, the New England Patriots, and others, they've built up these huge campuses around the stadiums, right? And they've been able to do that by buying private business and then and then using those proceeds to fund this new endeavor, right? Whether that's like building, a, I think there's a sledding hill and a like whatever at uh, Lambeau Field now. There's a bunch of different businesses in there, Top Golf, and there's a business incubator for with Microsoft and the Packers, and all this other, all their sort of stuff, right? All this entertainment and business stuff mixed together. And now they're opening up some townhomes, which by the way cost like half a million dollars in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Insane. But that all having been said, so they buy up all of that land. They don't really pay anything to the to the city or the state or the county other than a normal business would pay for their taxes. They're not really benefiting other than creating a few ancillary jobs. You know, there, there's some extra jobs here and there. But at the end of the day, I, I'm using that as an example because the the county created an extra half percent sales tax to help fund and finance the renovation of Lambeau Field. Now, it's a little bit different because this is a publicly owned uh, organization, right? The Green Bay Packers are publicly owned. They're supposed to be not-for-profit, yada, yada, yada. And so it's a little bit different. But the benefits have not outweighed the cost. And the cost has been 20-plus years. Just last year, I think, was the last time that the uh, the county was able to give away, I think, 6,000 tickets to every game. And it was on a game-by-game basis, right? So you sign up for it and da-da-da-da. But we are the ones who paid for 20 years, right, for all of those things. So congratulations to, to the state of Florida for realizing that you're just throwing money away at that point. But here's the problem that I have with it, and here's why I can't fully congratulate Ron DeSantis. Because it's... They would have gone through with this had Tampa Bay and and the the Rays organization not decided to make a stance on guns and gun control. They wouldn't they still would have given that money away. But because of their stance on gun control and their instead of tweeting about the game that was going on, I think on Monday or Tuesday of last week. Instead of tweeting about that, what did they do, Pat? They tweeted about guns during the game and partnered with Every Town USA, which is one of the worst organizations that exist anywhere on any topic. They are dishonest. They are 100% factually inaccurate all the time. So let me let me get this straight. So So the problem is, is that Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida would have given the Tampa Bay Rays $35 million had they not had a stance on gun control or or at least went crazy with it like they did, right? Right. Um, but so, had they not done that, they they would have given them the $35 million. So So the problem really is we would have given you $35 million until your politics got in the way. Um, until you spoke about something that I didn't like. I, Ron DeSantis, didn't like the things that you spoke on politics. 
So therefore, I'm going to punish you the way that I can punish you by taking away your $35 million state-funded new facility. For the sake of devil's advocate here, though, Mm-hmm. And I know, and I know the devil needs no advocate. I I get it, but <laughs> but just for the sake of of argument, mm-hmm. don't support those that insult you. I, I mean, right, and that's this, definitely this, a tenet of something that to... that we that we agree with, right? right? Um, at the same point in time, is it is it an insult to to hold as an organization an advocacy position on guns? What if what if that was a Democrat and 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 here's how I hate the whataboutisms, right? I really do. But here's a great comparison. What has the left done to us, quote unquote, in libertarian and right leaning circles? They've um, used and weaponized corporations against us, right? right? right well, exactly. So why would you do the same thing to them? Because that's not turning the cheek. What what people don't understand about the term "turn the cheek" is you turn the cheek to those who don't, or those who d- who you have done wrong, right? You turn the cheek to them. My issue here is you can't you can't claim wah they're weaponizing corporate speech or wah they're weaponizing government, and then do the same thing to them in return. But but here's the thing. Here's how I, I mean, would have handled this, Pat. I would have said okay. nothing. If I were Ron DeSantis, I would have said nothing about their their politics, right? Nothing about their advocacy for gun control. I would have said nothing about it. And then I would have still canceled the $35 million. Why? Because it's a bad investment. And I would have left it at that. I am sorry. It is a bad investment for the state of Florida, given the economic times that we are seeing more broadly as a country. I believe that protecting us and not spending frivolous money is a better investment at this time. And that's how I would have left it. You could internally think all you want about how I'm going to punish you for for advocating for gun control against the Second Amendment, right? You can do that internally. You don't need to do that. There is a wholly perfect, perfectly whole reason to do this. Yet, what do you do? You score political points for them because now, what could the Rays do? The Rays could sue the shit out of the state of Florida for that $35 million because you are violating my free speech rights. Right? Right. You are violating my free speech rights according to the Supreme Court of the United States of America. So... Which they probably should. They, they probably should do it. Here's here's my thing, though, because, you know, we're talking about turning the other cheek and, and doing this anyway, but not making this about some sort of political issue. The, the issue should be about not wasting money. Correct. And in hard economic times that, that, that you're right, that that is the approach that should have happened. On the other hand, and again, this is for the sake of argument, not not for, you know, my personal view one way or the other. This is what the left has done to the right for for however long, many almost years, thirty years, right? right. Mm-hmm. The right has figured out. Well, you know what? We can play this game too, or at least in some in some circles on the right, they they have figured this out. They they can play this game too. I'm not saying they should, 
But do we not live in a society where it's not about turning the other cheek anymore? It's about eye for an eye. That is the society we live in, is it not? Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. I I really do because, you know, and and Clay Travis and um, um, Steve Dace have both held that this is such an amazing thing. You know, Clay Travis had this to say that he's basically setting down a clear test. If companies want to go woke, then his government in the state of Florida will fight back against them. Hear me out, because this is the libertarian in me, okay? Weaponizing government, weaponizing government to quash speech. This isn't action, this is speech. Now, on the other hand, we also see good Ron DeSantis at times too, right? Where he is fighting back against corporations who violate free speech, right? It would be different if the Tampa Bay Rays were saying, guess what? Any gun owner is not allowed in our stadium, right? Or anybody who supports the Second Amendment don't show up. But the Rays as an organization also showed us later in the week that they are truly advocates for free speech. How so? They held a pride night on Saturday, Pat, and I don't know if you saw this story or not, but they held a pride night on on Saturday at the stadium. They got 19,000 people, which is 3,000 more than their usual crowd. Sunday's game only got 11,000 people in, in the stadium. But I think it's something like seven or eight players on the Rays refused to wear the patches for pride on their uniforms. And the Rays didn't do anything. They just said, okay, we understand your position and here you go. So they, that, is that not, are you going to punish them for holding a pride night here now? Are you going to say that the Tampa Bay Rays are uh, a club that supports grooming Ron DeSantis? And then what are you going to do? This is my whole point is that weaponizing government just to advocate for your position is wrong. It doesn't matter if it comes from the left or the right. Weaponizing government against your political opponents is wrong. Just like weaponizing corporations to do your bidding like the FBI and the CIA do all the time here, Pat, right? How do they get around the the surveillance loopholes that that exist in the in the uh, in the laws, right? They hire third party private organizations who can legally access that information to then hand it over to the FBI because that's not illegal. It should be, but it's not. So my my point in bringing that up is that. We on the right and in libertarian circles piss and moan every single time that the other side weaponizes government against us or weaponizes corporations at the behest of government, right? We we talk about, you know, the the vaccine mandates that happened just last year, right? They didn't actually go down on a federal level. They weaponized and put the pressure of government on corporations 
to do their bidding. Because why? They knew that they wouldn't be able to get this past the Supreme Court of the United States of America, right? They knew what they were doing was illegal. They knew it wouldn't stand constitutional mustard. And instead, they weaponized and put all of their political pressure on corporations to do something that was really wrong. And we've, saw, we've seen it. We've seen the devastation to families. We've seen the devastation to careers. We've seen all of those things. And now we're cheering it on on the other side. Oh, great. Now we're the ones weaponizing it. No, that's wrong. If it's wrong for the left to do it to you, it should be wrong for you to do it to the left. Now, does that mean that we don't stand up when we have opportunities to do so? No. For instance, for instance, if the Tampa Bay Rays were to go to the state of Florida and say, we want money to build a brand new stadium because the stadium that they currently um, are housed in is arguably, not arguably, it is the worst stadium in all of Major League Baseball. It is a god-awful monstrosity. It is a terribly designed, horribly put-together location. Like It's just awful. Nobody wants to go to a game there because it sucks. Now, that being said, it would be different if the Rays were like, hey, guess what? We want money from the state. And the state said, okay, then um, shut up and play ball. And maybe we'll give you money, right? That's a different proposition than we've already agreed upon this and we're going to take it away from you because mm, your free speech rights. Am I missing something here? Because I, I seem to think that I seem to see this as a pattern with Ron DeSantis. If you if you don't agree with the political persuasion of Ron DeSantis in the moment, right, on a particular issue. He's going to weaponize government against you. Well, I mean, there, there is a, correct me if I'm wrong, there is a difference of fighting wokeism, fighting, fighting this cultural war that we've been in for however long now. There, there's a difference between doing that and weaponizing government to fit your political agenda. There is a difference. Yes, there is and a difference. There absolutely is a difference. And I think the difference is this. If you are advocating for things that would be illegal, things that would be wrong on a very moral level, like if you're advocating for murder, right? If you're advocating for, for instance, in the Disney and the grooming situation, right? My druthers with Ron DeSantis's decision had to do with the fact that the burden is put on the people. It's not put on Disney. It's put back on the people who live in those counties, right? Right. So and it, you didn't hurt Disney at all. You you just shifted all of the costs that Disney um, has onto the states and the or onto the counties. Are you going to help the counties pay for all of that sort of stuff now? That was my that was my issue with that. That was if you're gonna if you're going to do that and take the stance that he did because what Disney was advocating for is wholly illegal and wholly immoral. Grooming of children is illegal, it, it, period, point blank. And that's what they were advocating for. Okay, and that's morally wrong. It's morally bankrupt. But you don't punish others for the sins of Disney. 
that was my issue with that. True. And and but but the one thing that we don't know there is how do the voters actually feel about that within those areas? Because if they're fine with it, then it's fine, right? Right. That that's very true. But we have no mm. idea. We have no way of knowing that. Did Ron DeSantis take a poll of the people? Was it put to a ballot measure? Was it put no. to any sort of way for them to to understand this? Not to my knowledge. And I understand the I want to fight back, but you have to fight back smarter. That's my issue here. You have to be smarter than the other side. You have to do things differently than the other side. Do you do business with people who insult you? Absolutely not. Like for me, if I was a Second Amendment advocate, right, which right. which I am, I would never, ever, ever give the Tampa Bay Rays a dollar of my money. Because it's not just that. It is very clear that this organization supports every leftist cause out there. That's the reality. They are a leftist organization. So great. If you're a lefty, go ahead and support them. And we see this in other sports throughout the world, Pat, where a lot of fan bases or clubs are associated with political ideologies, whether that's left-leaning, right-leaning, Catholic, or Protestant, or whatever. We see that. That's what makes American sports unique. There are not a lot of people that support one organization or another because of politics. They support it because maybe that's their hometown, or they support it because they it was the popular team growing up, or whatever. It has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with race, religion, you know, ethnicity, nothing. Right, we we don't have that here. That doesn't exist, but we're getting there. Hmm. Well, let me let me ask you this because I mean I understand what you're saying here about Ron DeSantis and I and I and I get your position, but for the sake of critical thinking, can you name me someone else in government right now that is fighting the cultural war of the left? And the wokeism that we are seeing today more than Ron DeSantis is right now. I'm not saying he's doing it all right. I'm just saying, can you name me somebody that that is yeah, better at it? I can. Does more than Ron DeSantis. I, I totally can. Okay, who? Joni Ernst, uh, the governor of Iowa. Oh, you mean Kim Reynolds? Oh yeah, Kim Reynolds, not Joni Ernst. Sorry, yeah. Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa. What has she done? Let's take a look at her track record over the last three years. Right. She stopped uh, mandates in schools. Right. She has supported funding students, not systems to the point where literally she they are passing a bill right now, I believe, or has already passed and will go into effect literally to support funding students, not systems. The, The dollars will follow the child in the state of Iowa. She has done more to fight the cultural war. In actual legislation, right, using the apparatus. You want to talk about weaponizing um, government. This is the proper weaponization of government, right? Passing legislation, showing people how the state is going to support these cultural ideologies, right? These cultural things, because there's nothing more cultural war right now than what's happening in schools with our children. Right. What's happening with parents who decide that, to uh, expose their child to sexual ideology. And, and and I talked about this the other day, um, that 
what is a woman, right? With the the documentary that Matt Walsh put out. I don't know if you've seen it yet or not, but um, it's on my list. But let's put it this way: there's no starker contrast of the cultural war that that exists, and it's this: one of us believes in objective realities, and the other believes reality is subjective. Right? Who has done more to show you objective reality in government? than Kim Reynolds in Iowa. It's not Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis has has really just taken, put the finger up in the air, took the pulse of the outrage crowd, and, and weaponized government against the outrage. And he's done it every step of the way in an authoritarian way. Ron DeSantis has decided to create this this thing and then jam it through right uh for instance the 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 law about um you have to allow politicians in the state of florida to be on your platform on social media right again authoritarian versus action which, through government which if there's ever a way that we could ever sum up our you know the problem with Ron DeSantis it's the authoritarianism nature of his administration not saying that he does everything wrong not saying that he gets all the issues wrong we're not saying that at all but we are saying he does tend to use a very authoritative point of view um and when it comes to pushing well frankly his agenda now pat um, I, I want to move a little bit forward, but I want to just tie a quick bow on this. I am, I am with you. I'm not saying that everything that Ron DeSantis does is bad. What I am trying to point out is that at every at every at every pivot point, at every main point of contention in the cultural war, if you will, what is his go-to? It's authoritarianism. That's his go-to. I am not going to use the levers of government. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put the rubber stamp on it. Nope. I'm, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. And oh, by the way, I'm going to bully the legislature or bully the Senate or whatever. However, the state of Florida is set up in terms of, of how nimble the government is or isn't. It is so that's my beef with this. There are ways to do the things that he is doing without being an authoritarian. And it was the, this is the part of DeSantis I don't like. Do I like the fact that he speaks plainly, that he speaks honestly, that all of those things exist? Absolutely, I do. A hundred percent do. But it's, it's what is, what is the mechanism of which he uses to, turn that speech into use of power. It, it's the thing I hated about Donald Trump, right? It's right. The, the automatic tendency to authoritarianism. Now, beyond all of that, though, Pat, you would think that when we watched the NFL go less woke, when we watched other sports organizations go less woke over the last couple of years that maybe just maybe and by the way increase in ratings 
increase in dollar amounts, increase in, you know, support and this and that, you know, yada, 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 right? You would think that the leagues would recognize maybe like going full on woke is not the route to go on. Maybe, just maybe, but, but Pat. Instead, we've got uh, Pride Night at at every Major League Baseball ballpark at some point in time this month in June, right? We have the U.S. men's national team in the wake of the Uvalde, Texas shooting, um, wearing orange armbands um, in their games this weekend. Uh, in support of gun control legislation, um, wearing gun control now. You've got Steve Kerr. Um, you've got the NBA period talking about gun control, right? And and uh, going woke again after they went full on woke in 2020 and earlier than that. Now, what is the lesson that you would think they would have learned, right? And what's the reality? Well, game one of the NBA Finals, Pat, was the lowest rated game one in 15 years. A June NBA final, by the way. It, this was the second lowest ever rated June start to an NBA Finals. It's not because the two teams aren't popular. The Boston Celtics is one of the most popular organizations in NBA history. The Golden State Warriors are one of the more popular teams over the past decade, right? Steph Curry and Draymond Green and da 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 Right? They're one of the most marketable teams of the last 15, 20 years because Steph Curry was marketable, because they were entertaining, right? But all that's true, yeah. So why would they possibly, oh, is it because people are sick of people like Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr going out there and Steve Kerr and his mask bullcrap, right? Steve Kerr and his holier-than-thou politics? Could it be that? Might could. Could it be that um, Steve Kerr and everybody wearing gun control now, right, on their shirts uh, throughout the NBA Finals. And the NBA taking a political stance on gun control. And whether you agree with it, and this is the thing that I've talked to people about here in Chicago, because newsflash, I'm in the vast minority here in the city, right? Being a libertarian or conservative in the city, you are a vast, vast, vast minority. You might represent 10% of the population here. If that. If that. Eh, it's about 10%. Because you'd be surprised by the numbers here in Cook County um, and in the city of Chicago of, of how many people voted for Trump last time around. But um, even here, people are just sick and tired of it. Because what have... What has sports really represented over the last couple of years outside of the wokeness of of BL, the summer of BLM? An escape, right, Pat? An escape from all of the hardship, all of the worry, all of the anxiety, right? It, it was just a way for people to 
for two, three hours. Just tune out, tune into a game, and pour that anxiety, that depression, that whatever, pour whatever emotion you have out on to sports. It was cathartic for right, a lot of people. For, for a lot of people, that's true. But but has it really been? I mean, I know for me, like I've been watching watching less professional sports for this reason. Um, because I'm I'm I don't get that escape anymore. And part of that is because, you know, I we're into the, the thick of things like this every day, all day. And for me to escape this for a few hours, I can't do it with with, with sports anymore. Right, so right. And, really and that's that fair. Escape. But I think for yeah. a lot of people, though, they're not paying attention to the everyday machinations like we are, right? True. That's true. And so my point in all of this is for the everyday average American, which is represented by the numbers of people tuning in to an NBA Finals, right? Tuning in to the Super Bowl, tuning in to these big time events, tuning in to the weekly games on the NFL, right? What we have seen is the wave, right? The wave of, oh, great, I don't have to listen to politics. Well, great, you know, over the last couple of years now, to be fair, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the box, right? They're a super woke organization, right? That's why I have never attended a game uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks since their new ownership came in. Not one game. I've just refused to attend any event at that will give them money. I, I just don't. I, I don't feel like that's a good investment of, of my dollars, right? Because they, they will insult me. They want my money, but they don't represent the state of Wisconsin. They don't represent all the people. They represent a certain segment of the population, or they wish that only a certain segment of the population, or they want to influence population into that certain niche, right? Right. But even then, Giannis is one of the most marketable players in the NBA. He's a great father. He's a great role model, a great figure, right? He represents wholeness and goodness. And they were able to put him front and center the last couple of years in the NBA finals. So that's great. But the second that that is not the focal point, the ratings have gone down. So... While you and I have been in tune with all of these things, the general public hasn't. But you would think that they would learn their lesson of the power of what the people are speaking to them, right? And furthermore, here's what I am just so sick and tired of, Pat, especially when it comes to the NBA. The NBA, oh, we've lost hundreds of millions of dollars Because China refused to um, put our games on, on their television screens until, oh wait, March of this year, in which they still gained hundreds of millions of dollars. Meanwhile, as they're talking about all the BLM woke bullcrap, right? As Steve Kerr is talking gun control, and this must end now, and his super fantastic expialidocious rant uh, the other day. I don't know if you saw it or not. His his impassioned plea the American people to just do something. Anyway, um, China's enslaving Muslim Uyghurs who make your jerseys. 
meanwhile, um, as you advocate for more gun control and advocate for why wasn't there somebody there to stop it, right? That's what he was advocating for. This is the very same person who in the, the breath of 2020 said, no, we can't have armed police at Oakland schools. He literally put his money where his mouth was and put his put his cachet, if you will, into the um, no armed security in schools because um, minorities. Seems uh, counterintuitive. What, what's the word I'm looking for? It starts with a H, ends in a C. Uh, is it is it uh, 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 a hip Hi- hypocrisy? Hippo? That's hypocrisy. what I'm looking. Yeah, at. yeah, yeah. And then we're also being lectured to by NBA players who sign whatever shoe contract they can get the most money out of. And oh, by the way, multiple people in the NBA have Chinese shoe company deals right now. Um. Those shoes are literally made by Muslim Uyghur slaves. They are literally made. There's no, well, part of it is made here and then another part is manufactured here. No, they are wholly made there. You are literally, this is the ironic part, the we are oppressed and and enslaved here in America crowd, right? Wearing shoes by people who are literal slaves in concentration camps. And because mm, the almighty dollar. And do you always have to be morally and, and everything straight? No, because that's an impossibility in life, right? Like, right. Yeah. That's sometimes things are unavoidable, right? But this is literally avoidable. Don't do shoe deals with a Chinese company. If you don't like oppression here in America, there's more oppression there. There's literal everyday oppression in that state. Don't tell me about oppression. Don't tell me about gun control while you go to the UAE this and go to Dubai next year to play games, right? They're literally going to Dubai to play regular season games in the NBA next year. First while problems. while you speak to pride and you speak to all of this stuff, right? You speak all of your leftism, but you leave it you leave it at the door for the almighty Chinese and almighty oligarch money from the Middle East. You leave your moral preening to the side for them. All in the pursuit of what? The almighty dollar? So how about this? Stop preaching to the American people until you get your hypocritical bullshit together. And that is why the NBA is dead to me for the foreseeable future. As much as I love the game of basketball, I I cannot watch or support the NBA in any shape or fashion. And therefore, I cannot watch any of their games, including the finals, by the way, which I was actually kind of stoked the Boston Celtics made. But I I, I refuse to watch any of it because I, I don't want to support it. I can't support it. Um, well, is, exactly. Is that, the same thing is... Watch the NBA? No, but I can't do it. 
Yeah, and sadly, the same thing is happening to me with the United States men's national team. I know that you're not a soccer fan. I am. But when I see this organization coming out for every leftist, this this is literally a leftist. They don't represent America. They represent leftism. They represent every woke thing possible, right? This weekend and all throughout the month of June, they're going to be wearing prideful numbers on their back, right? So the, the numbers are in the rainbow pride uh, situation. But they're also wearing those orange armbands that I talked about and um, wearing warm-up shirts that say gun control now and um, the U.S. Men's Na- the U.S. Soccer Federation, USSF, put out a, uh, a statement uh, calling on Congress to pass <clears throat> gun control. They're for gun confiscation. They're for this. They're for that. Does that mean that, that an organization has to have every viewpoint that I do for me to, to support it? No. No, of course not. <laughs> but the common sense thing here is don't support those who insult you. The U.S. men's national team, the U.S. Soccer Federation, literally insults people who have the values of gun ownership, the values of the Second Amendment. They literally insult you if you have family values. So why should I support players and organization because the players could have said f you to the organization i'm not getting into politics but instead they are wading into those waters and i get it soccer is largely supported by leftists here in the united states of america but there are because i am part of a supporters club there are plenty of people who don't hold those positions plenty of us side note by the way um, did you see that uh, baby Bron Bron James is now officially a billionaire? Oh, yeah, I knew that on the backs of slave labor, mostly. Yeah. And um, is he or is he not one of the biggest voices of oppression and all the woke BS in the NBA? Well, you see, Pat, mm-hmm. just because he's a billionaire doesn't mean that there isn't oppression that happens to to uh, black people in America. But but wait but wait. He, also, the by the way, Pat, uh, mm-hmm. Patrice Colors, uh-huh. um, buying a six million dollar home in a quote unquote all white neighborhood, as she put it. Uh huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. um, that's about making sure that black people have white spaces too. Not about her taking that six million dollars and putting it into improving communities of color. Right. Uh huh. Oh, and by the way, she did that not just in L.A. Um, they um, she also bought a six plus million dollar home in Toronto. Uh huh. Uh, just out of curiosity, about, I mean, how many how many countries in the world can you go and you and you can make this kind of money? I mean. Some of the richest, uh, some of the richest um, athletes in the world are soccer players in Western Europe. Well, sure, sure. I'm not saying you can't do it in other countries. What I'm, what I'm saying is, America is one of the few places in the world that you can do this and keep the majority of it too. By the right. way, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I don't disagree with you there. 
Now, speaking of money in sports, Pat, um, welcome to the wild, wild west of college football. Are you ready for it? No, because I have a I have a funny feeling that this is going to have something to do with Ohio State, and I'm 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 really nervous about it. All right. So, did you pay attention to what Ryan Day had to say about a week ago at this point? Now, nope. I was unplugged a week ago. What did he say? <clears throat> He's begging the Buckeye Nation for thirteen million dollars per year for NIL rights. That's right. He believes that at a bare minimum, they're going to need to come up with $13 million to keep the players that they have in their player pool, because that's how he put it, happy. Welcome so, to the wild, wild west. Is he saying he needs $13 million to pay players? Is that is that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. They need $13 million in guaranteed NIL money uh, to keep the best of the best at Ohio State. At least 13 million. I mean, so here's how I thought of this, Pat, and then I'll get your thoughts. Okay. On the one hand, thank you so much for the transparency because I think it's vitally important to understand that transparency, right? That um, hey, this is what I need. This is the this is this is where we are. Right? This is the reality that we exist in today in, in college football. We live in the wild, wild west, and either we play the game or we get left behind. And do you really think Ohio State is going to want to be left behind in college football? The thing that put the Ohio State University on the map? The answer is no. So on the one hand, great. On the other hand, I am more I have warned for the longest time that once you uncork this bottle, right? You cannot not drink from it. So here we go. You 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 wanted it, now you've got it. Pat, my position for the longest time has been what? College sports, the NCAA, if they had a backbone they would have told the nfl the nba and um the nhl arguably but specifically the nfl and the nba to get bent we are not your personal private um feeder anymore we are not going to be your um how shall we put this? Um, not just feeder leagues, but also your um, training grounds anymore. No, we're done with that. That takes millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars off the table. But we recognize the value of the education, the value of all of the nutrition, all of the tutoring, all of the support, all of the things that we give that these individuals would not otherwise have. And from here on out, you've got two paths to recognize. You can go play in the feeder league for the NFL if you want to make money. Right? NFL, have at it. You've got billions and billions and billions of dollars every year that you could spend on this. 
my situation has been this. There is no alternative path forward, especially in the NFL, to playing in the NFL. It is on the NCAA to put that pressure on the NFL, simply stating, we're not paying you. We are going to give you the cost of your education and all the support. And that can, for most people, by the way, Pat, 99.9% is more than they would get on the free market in NIL deals or, or just paying them outright. Because what else is a form of payment? The barter of I'm giving you your education for free and all these other ancillary things, right? Okay. So my longest position is the NCAA should have stopped a long time ago. They should have just come out and said, no, we're, we're not going to be the feeder of the M NFL and the NBA. That, that's not why we exist. We exist to give people education, to give them opportunity, to give them um, education on and off the field. That is our value proposition. That is who we are, and either you accept it or you don't. You have a choice. You do have a choice. Now, the argument is, well, you don't have a choice with the NFL. Well, is that the NCAA's problem? No, it is not the NCAA's problem. The NCAA's problem is how do I provide value? And if the student athlete doesn't see value in that system, go elsewhere. Force the NFL to create something else. Use the USFL or use whatever tool that you could possibly use to become an NFL player in the future. To take that shot. Go for it. What is stopping What is stopping the NFL from signing that 18-year-old to a, a youth contract? What is stopping them, Pat? Nothing. Their own rules. That's it. Their own rules say you must be at least three years out or, yeah, three years out of college or, um, yeah, it's three years out. So you could be a redshirt sophomore and come out. Mm. Right? Mm. The NBA's rules are you must be 19 years old or at least two years out of college, right? Or one year. one year of college. Yeah, one year one of college. Year. Mm -hmm. That's the NFL rule. That's the NBA rule. Is that the NCAA's rule? No. The, those would not be hard to change, by the way, if you're the NFL yeah. or the NBA. And here's why they don't want to do it. Because it's a major investment that somebody else is already paying for for them. If you're the NFL, if you're the NBA, why would you do that when the NCAA, when Ohio State, when Wisconsin, when the SEC, when whatever, are paying millions, if not billions of dollars to train your players? Why would you do it? What is you your wouldn't. incentive? You, you have wouldn't. none. You have none. So it is incumbent upon the player. Hear me out on this. The person and the people who have control of this are actually the players. If you as a player were serious about, hey, I want to make money, I don't care about education, then stand up to the NCAA. Say, no, I'm good. And find an alternative, right? Collectively, put together a group of high-level athletes that say, no, thank you, I'm done, right? And put that pressure on the NFL. 
and say, hey, NFL, I want to play. The NFL might say, well, you're not mature enough. Okay, then then how would you put me into a feeder league, right? How would you put me in uh, the U23 team, right? Green Bay, Green Bay Packers U23 or, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals or whomever, right? Pay me a pre-contract. And then afterwards, and you can still have the, the collegiate draft, right? But for some people, again, my, my whole thing is this. There, we have a one-size-fits-all when it should be as broad of in a free market as possible, right? If I value that education more than I value the potential to earn a couple hundred thousand dollars, right, over the course of three to four years, while I may or may not make an actual NFL roster, right? Maybe I value that three, four hundred thousand dollars in education that I'm going to get. Which, by the way, um, the NCAA will pay for your master's degree. Oh, yeah, the NCAA will also pay for your PhD. If you wanted to go that far. Or, hey, guess what? After a year of of playing, I believe that I'm ready to step up to the NFL. Um, Okay, then I can leave and I can go to the feeder league if I wanted to. It, It is incumbent upon the player to be able to make a decision except for the organizations that you would like to become a part of don't allow it. Hopefully people are understanding the problem as it actually exists. Now, when it comes back to, and I'm circling back to this point because the reality of what we have in front of us is that Ryan Day just said what needs to be done with the reality. Some people are pissed off about it. Others are like, what? 13 million? I mean, he he basically said the quiet part out loud that we've been, that everyone's been saying for the last however many years. Because there's no guideposts. The NCAA or the college football organization, right, have not put any guideposts to this. No. It is literally a free, and, and here's how I looked at this, Pat. Is this or is this not a the, the free market in a microcosm right now in NCAA football? Because, Essentially. It, because I look at this from a perspective of what can you offer me now beyond my education, right? Oh, you, you're only going to pay your quarterback a million dollars guaranteed a year now in NIL money? What's an NIL collective, right? What, what? What am I actually getting paid for? Oh, so a different company might be able to use my name and image and likeness or, oh, hey, by the way, you don't have to do shit. We're just going to use your name in some thing, right? Or, oh, you don't have to actually do anything. We're just going to pay you. There are no guideposts to this. I mean, so if it's $13 million today, will it be $130 million in 10 years? Maybe. Maybe. But but I think I mean this this is the trend of where college sports have been going for. I mean, players want to be paid. And on some level I understand it because you don't want to not make the NFL or NBA roster that you've worked your entire life for and then don't end up not making it. You also don't want to have that dream stripped away by a career ending injury of sorts, right? 
Because mm-hmm. um, if you get injured enough in, in college, I mean, that lowers your draft stock. So I, on, on some level, and a lot of these players, I mean, they have families to provide for. So right, I, and, and that's my, on, that's on my level, ultimate... And that's my ultimate point with the NCAA versus the NFL, right? Right. The NFL, the the player should have that ability to say, you know what? I believe that the stability of the the money that I'm going to get paid on a youth contract is worth more to me and my family than than waiting for four years to use the degree that I would get. Right. Right. I just I fail to understand how private business is blocking free market. And 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 that's what I love about this because here's the reality, alumni bases like Texas A&M, like LSU, like Wisconsin, like Ohio State, like Michigan. Hell, Northwestern is a great example of this. If they were to pool their money together, Correctly, Northwestern has one of the deepest pockets of of alumni pools out there, right? They have some of the richest people, some of the you know biggest CEOs, some of the biggest minds in business and politics and blah 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 as alumni. Dip into that pool and become a player. A real player, not just a every you know seven eight years we pop up and get to a Big Ten title game type of a situation. I I just think it would be very interessante to see what happens, and and I have no problem with Ryan Day literally just coming out and saying this is the bare minimum that we need to be able to compete today. Well, and here's the, here's the thing: it's not exclusive to Ryan Day in Ohio State. I mean, this is this is colleges are all across the country that are, that are. At least thinking it, if not yeah, saying it. I mean, Wisconsin that. just announced the Varsity Collective. Brooks Bollinger, one of the greatest quarterbacks in Wisconsin history, <clears throat> and a guy who's been around the block in the NFL, right, mm. um, has come out to help set this up with some of the biggest donors that the uh, the Wisconsin Badgers have. There you go. You have an NIL collective. How much money are you willing to pull together every year to help um, attract top level players? That's the reality. And and to the player out there, go get your money. It's a free market, right? If that's what right. you're interested in, or more importantly, if you're more interested in the education you're getting, go do that. You are now in your, you control your own market more than you ever have as a player before, especially in the NFL uh, football circuit, right? You literally do right now. At no point in time have you ever had this much free agency. So whatever your motivating factor is, and this is the thing that changes the equation, right? It's not right. just I have to find out how I can attract the player here, right? Like what what things do I have to offer in terms of football, right? What you have to figure out with every single player that you're recruiting is what is their motivating factor and how can you best sell that that motivation is met by by you here. And it's not about coaching. It's um, you know, for some people it could be for some people, it could be, hey, I want to make as much money as humanly possible. Who's going to give that to me? 
it, it that's the change of the equation here. It's what is the football motivation? Is it football? Is it education? Or is it money now? You have three different motivating factors that you have to wade through as a recruiter. Now, Pat, um, I don't think we have time to get into this today. Um, or do we? Eh, we've gone an hour. Yeah, let's save it for tomorrow. Um, but I will say this. Um, to all of the gun control now crowd, to the Steve Kerrs, to the Tampa Bay Rays, to the U.S. Men's National Team and U.S. Soccer Federation, Take a look at what happened in Nigeria this weekend where 50 Catholic people were slaughtered while attending Mass in one of the most controlled countries in the world when it comes to guns. And ask me and ask yourself and answer the question honestly. Does taking away the gun work because to the 50 people in one fell swoop that were slaughtered <clears throat> the answer is no weird because in nigeria pat you can't own a long gun in nigeria uh, civilians cannot own handguns um the only time that you're allowed to own a weapon privately is if you are part of some sort of a uh, local uh, peace force by the way um, and oh, by the way, police officers, by and large, are not allowed to own guns in Nigeria. Basically, guns don't exist in Nigeria. Strangely enough, um, the people who want to do evil don't give a bleep about your laws. I think another way of saying this is we're seeing reasons to carry weapons, not to disarm people. How do you prevent 50 people from dying potentially? Because it's not foolproof. No. How do you do that? You be able to fire back when they fire upon you. Exactly. Or here in Chicago, where the gangs of people who are trying to strong arm rob people, right? Oh, you've got a gun? <laughs> so do I. And see how quick. That goes away. But they know that by and large, the population has been controlled. The population doesn't have guns here. Because the law-abiding citizens would never own a I want you to ponder that and think on it, and we'll discuss that some more tomorrow. Because I want to do a nice deep dive into what the actual laws are in Nigeria and what is being proposed here. Sound good, Pat? Sounds good to me. Oh, all right. With that being said, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. Oh, and by the way, gas prices have officially doubled since Joe Biden took office 500 days ago. So let's go, Brandon. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.